What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the C-String Podcast. This is episode 11, I believe, This is, but it's going to be episode 5 of your favorite sex segment, Classic Rock Talk. And of course, you know what that means. I'm joined with... Me, Cole. Yeah, for fifth time, fifth time running. Three brand new, brand new albums for you. Um, I wouldn't say there's really anything special we did this week. We kind of just... Focus on smaller stuff. Yeah. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, most we have two smaller. We'll go. We'll say this: we have two smaller, smaller bands, and then we have one larger band. We'll talk about later. And I'm sure that'll raise some raise some eyebrows. But mm-hmm. we're gonna start in 1968, and I, I'm not even gonna do the semantics because in no way I don't think anybody's <laughs> getting this one. Um, it's Avenue Road by Kensington Market. What if someone out there's like, oh man, Kensington <laughs> Avenue, my favorite band. You didn't even make off, me guess who it make was. Me guess off of nineteen sixty eight, I knew exactly who it was. <laughs> <laughs> they were the first band I thought of. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that. Um, it was the first of only two albums they released. Uh, they released Aardvark in nineteen sixty nine, just the very next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you know I'm gonna be we're gonna be focusing on Avenue Road for most of this segment, but. We could we could honestly just talk about their their band as a whole. Yeah, honestly, since it's only it's, two albums, it's, it's, yeah, it's released one year apart, and they're they're not similar. I, I wouldn't say they're similar. No. The two albums, they have the same five the five um um, I have them written out as dudes in my notes here, <laughs> but the, the same five band members. We have Keith McKee, who was a singer songwriter. Um, and then we have, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but Gene, Mar- Gene Martinick is how I'm going to pronounce it. Um, it's, it's like it's Marty Neck. Or Marty, yeah. It's, <laughs> like, if you do it literally, it'd be Marty Neck. <laughs> I, 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 I doubt that's what it actually is. Um, but we had, he played uh, guitar and piano. And then he had Alex Darrow, who is the bassist. Jimmy Watson, who was a drummer. And then Luke Gibson, who was a singer-songwriter as well. Um... Again, for these small, smaller bands, I'm not going to know uh, any of these guys, really. Uh, I None of these guys sprung to mind when I was thinking about them. Um, Gene Martinek would go on to... Would previously had played in a few bands before this, but he... And then he would play in some bands after this uh, with Kensington Market as well. Um, or I guess I shouldn't say with Kensington Market, but away from Kensington Market because they only lasted a few years. Yeah, and these guys are uh, pretty small. Looking at the uh, Spotify monthly listeners, it's um, big 263. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yet they actually, they still have a bio, which is pretty impressive for... Only having that many listeners. Because yeah. most of the bands I find under like 10,000 don't, even have, don't have one. They don't even have a picture sometimes. I mean... They- they, Kensington Market doesn't, but... Yeah, they didn't even... Uh, these guys didn't have a Wikipedia page for their uh, albums. They just had one page for their for their band, and it was super small, so... Mm-hmm. Really hard to find stuff about these guys. Um, but we'll move on to to uh, let you guys know the, the song list. On the A side, we have I Would Be The One, Speaking Of Dreams, Color Her Shuns- Sunshine, Phoebe, and Aunt Violet's Knee. And then on the B side we have coming home soon, uh, pre- uh, presenting myself lightly, uh, looking glass, Beatrice, and girl is young. Uh, 
this this is a this is a kind of a very prime example of what I think is what you kind of don't want to do with your track list. Hundred percent. And it's it's a shame to like make an example out of somebody like this, but it's an it's an example to set, and it's just I would be the one is a great song, and speaking of dreams is a great song, and then it color and sunshine's pretty good, I think Phoebe's pretty good, and Aunt Violet's knees, eh. and mm-hmm. then the B side I think they made a single out of coming home soon, but. I don't think that's a very great song. I think they definitely were A-side heavy, and I'm not sure if they just didn't realize it, or... Yeah, that's... They wanted it like that, but that's not super great. I mean, you maybe they were just thinking, hey, if we have an A-side, maybe that'll at least sell the whole album. But I... I don't know. I just... The... Maybe just redistribute some tracks throughout mm-hmm. the... I mean, if it's... You obviously want a heavy hitter to start. Like, you want something great to start your track. Yeah, you want that attention grabber, but you can't... In my eyes, I don't agree with making the A side the best side ever. Because when they go over to the B side, it's... There's going to be no high. It's going to be a down. Yeah, it, there's absolutely... I agree with that. There's just no high on the B side. It's And it's just... All you can, I, I would certainly argue that every song on B side is not up to any of the songs on A side. I agree. Um, again, I, I speaking of dreams, I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably my favorite song. I think it album. is too. Uh, that's I think that's a great song. I also like a uh, Phoebe. Yes, Phoebe's good too. Um, but just it's just poor poor distribution here, and then. Um, I, I, there's not really much to say about that. I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why they didn't do too well. Um, they had labeling issues. And that's about the only thing that was actually on their Wikipedia page. It was like <laughs> the only thing that was mentioned. It was like, yeah, these guys had labeling issues. Um, they were labeled with Warner Brothers, but I guess didn't really help. And uh, We might as well mention Aardvark while we're talking about them. Their next album. Well. Um we won't go through all like the song list, but it was uh, definitely a lot different, and you have to commend them for at least trying something different after this flop. Yeah, and where this one was kind of, I don't want to say it was more rock-oriented, but it kind of was with pop elements. I think Aardvark just went straight into that avenue of pop in yeah. general with rock elements. It and kind of like yeah. switched. And it's not the... it's it's. Uh, you sort of have to change your definition of pop for nineteen six late nineteen sixties, but yeah. that's that's kind of what it was like. Um, you, you can even I guess use your definition of pop now to get to leak some ideas into there, but it was mostly just pop with some for some rock flair. While this one, as you said, is definitely the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, I I again you don't like to make a bad example out of somebody. But this is this is the one time where I think this is a this is the bad example that it's the a lot of the reason why a lot of small bands just couldn't make it work. Yep, and you know that's not to discredit this band because I really like the sound of their first album. Actually, I really liked Avenue Road. Um, aside from that uh, track distribution problem they had, um, I had I think it had a decent sound to it for 1968. Yeah, um, sounded pretty good. 
I thought it was. I thought they blended instruments well together. I didn't think it was anything spectacular. Yeah. And they didn't add any instruments. They didn't add any outstanding instruments either. Um, like I like the next album we get to. I think that has some really interesting sounds into it. Mm-hmm. But they they went with this kind of your standard guitarist. You got your keyboard. You got your drums, and you got your bass, and that's that's what we got. Pretty much the classic example of yeah. the setup. Yeah, and you know what? It, it, they made it. They made it. They did make it work a little bit. They have some hits in here, mm-hmm. but and you have to commend somebody when you when you when your first album flops, that can that could be a heartbreaker and like it's sort of just I'm gonna stop doing this like after just one try and you have to commend them for trying and coming back with something a little bit different um a lot of a lot of bands came back i'm sure there's plenty of examples i just can't think of any right now where they came back in their second out third album and they did the same thing again and then it started to work um mm-hmm. and then eventually got them success these guys came back and they tried something a little bit different with the aardvark kind of like journey journey yeah started way different and it's they didn't flop but then they released i can't remember what the title of the album was called their first one with uh perry on vocals and um they made it like they yeah. exploded yeah, yeah. so it, it, it this doing stuff like that can work uh i guess maybe the pop thing wasn't it wasn't the right time i'm not really sure on i don't i didn't live in 1968 so i couldn't i couldn't tell you kind of what what went wrong at the time um but that's just it's i still enjoyed this album it's something i'll remember and i probably Mm -hmm. will come back to it eventually yeah and i Um, have uh speaking of dreams and phoebe on my uh, playlist yeah i've got a couple of my playlists so not i mean there's not it's not an album where there's it's all duds and it's terrible it's just um they they just again classic labeling issues and then just bad distribution of tracks in my opinion yeah um, but we'll move on. We'll move on. That is Avenue Road by Kensington Market. Um, we will move on. I will let you, since you you were the one that thought of this band, I will let you uh, introduce them. Yeah. So um, speaking of heartbreakers, um, <laughs> that's a good segue. This band was a 1978 band out of uh, North Carolina, and uh, their band is Nantucket. And the album is also Nantucket. Yeah, uh, features a uh, dance, dancing lobster on the on the dancing towards a, as the artwork uh, lighthouse. But yeah. Um, yeah, this this band is fantastic. It is criminally underrated, in my opinion. Um, they la- they had Epic label, pretty uh, standard for the time. A lot of people yeah. were on Epic, but um, man. Uh, I heard um, one of their songs on the radio. I think it was uh, "Born in the Honky Tonk." I was like, "Dude, I have, I have to find this album." Yes. And I looked in the record store, and I was like, "Man, I can't find it." And it's the one and only time I have had a record shipped to me because I wanted it so bad I couldn't wait. That's how. That's how good we think this album is. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, worthy of God, worthy of ordering a having a record ordered to you. Yes, it's shipped fantastic album yeah um i didn't know any of these band members i knew actually 
That's a lie. I knew Norton Buffalo mm-hmm. from a Steve Miller band. Yeah, he's from a Steve Miller band. But yeah, Tommy Red was their guitarist, vocalist. Um, absolutely fantastic vocalist. I'm pretty sure he did the vocals on a Heartbreaker. Yeah. And holy shit, that blew me away. <laughs> yes. Um, we'll talk about we'll talk more about that song later. But yeah, Larry Uzel was a uh, also a vocalist on the bass, guitar, <laughs> trumpet, harp. Harp and um, uh, that guy did everything. Percussionist. If you needed somebody to do something, you talked to Larry Uzel. Oh, 100%. Mike Uzel, Larry's brother, um, was the keyboard and a vocalist. Eddie Blair was a saxophone keyboard player and percussionist for them, which I actually uh, he commented on something I said on Facebook. So that's pretty damn cool. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty badass. (laughs) Um, damn. Kenny Soul is their percussionist, also. Mark Downing was their other guitarist and um yeah norton buffalo makes a uh appearance guess, yeah, on this appearance album here. um yeah not a prominent role just guest appearance here but those guys i i didn't know any of them well except for the aforementioned uh i didn't know any of them uh before listening to this album but i know all of them now because what's pretty nuts is they still uh still play yeah they yeah. still, I'm pretty sure most of, I think there's only one of them that's passed away, but um, most of them play local North, North Carolina bars. And um, when I went down there, they had stopped touring because of uh, COVID. And um, when we left, I think a couple days later, they started uh, playing down there. And I was like, shit. <laughs> I could have <laughs> seen them live. That I sucks. Man, I would love to see Nantucket live. But um, yeah, I just, I think. Concerts and bars like that are fucking awesome. Yeah, that's kind of cool. You're really yeah. close to your audience. Yeah, but, right next to them. Um, yeah, the track listings uh, start out with Heartbreaker, Never Gonna Take Your Lies, Real Romance, and then She's No Good on the uh, A side. And then the B side stretches out more with Born in the Honky Tonk, It's Getting Harder, Girl You Blue, Good Thing, Spring Fever, Quiet Like You, and then What's the Matter with Loving You. And um, man, these have such good bluesy flair oh yeah um, um we mentioned and uh, talking about the previous album that uh, that heavy hitter to start with you turn on the record in normally in most albums the first thing you hear is some sort of instrumental mm-hmm. some it doesn't matter what it's some sort of you, you get instruments to start no dude this one you get uh, tommy red comes in you get a, a vocal just pure vocals in the beginning and it sounds beautiful it yeah, sounds so good that riff is also yes when it comes ugh, in man. fantastic <laughs> it's hard to describe guys it's it's really hard to describe how great these guys are yeah it's it's one of the, it's another one of those albums sort of like boss's debut where it's hard for me to pick a specific track i like just because all of them are very <laughs> very good yeah and this band never received recognition that much. I think when their first album received a ton of recognition, like they were, I think they were touring with ACDC. Um, I think they toured with a couple other bands, but they actually got somewhere in the late seventies, but um, everything they released after that kind of just fell. Yeah. Uh, I was looking through some of their albums earlier and I think, didn't they, they have another album named Nantucket. Is that a re? I'm assuming it's yes. a remaster. Uh no. Are you referring to the one that's 
It has a bunch of different colors, and there's like a... Yeah. That's a whole nother album. Oh, okay. It's kind of confusing that they named it Nantucket they, also. Yeah, it's wild, but whatever but, it um, Yeah, these guys were uh, big fans of ACDC, and they actually released a song when Bon Scott, ACDC's original lead singer, died. It was a cover of uh, A Long Way to the Top. That's pretty cool. But, um, yeah, this... Um, amazing album. Uh, Never gonna take your lies is also an amazing song. Yes. That harp, that uh, harp's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, harmonica's on fucking. Point. <laughs> I yes. Anytime you get a good harmonica in there, I don't know, man. Something about a harmonica that fucking doesn't doesn't shouldn't belong in a rock setting, but these some, that, some bands can do it with that blues sound. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Then I also like when he's like, no, go to dig your Yes. Guys. With like a weird wobbly voice. Yeah. It sounds. <laughs> yeah, I can just. Sounds very that. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, Born in the Honky Tonk's another one that I just. I was blown away, dude. By yes, yeah. Blown away God. when I listened to it. Real Romance is pretty good. Growy Blue, a good thing received, I think. That's a good one, too. Decent airplay, too. Yeah. Back then. Um, it, it was the only song. I, I knew it received decent airplay because when you look up when you look up an album and it gives you it gives you a track listing and sometimes if if there's critically like acclaimed songs, that specific song inside the track list will have a link. It yeah, it's like a hyperlink to it. Yeah. Or an external link, yeah. It takes you direct it, and it takes you directly to more info. That was one of two songs I think on this album that had an external link. I think it was that one and Heartbreaker. And Heartbreaker, yeah. Because I think I don't remember. I know I'm pretty sure they were released as singles. I don't remember which one was the A and the B side. But I know Heartbreaker was hundred percent A. Heartbreaker was a single. Yeah, I think. Um, I think Heartbreaker is probably my favorite off this album. But again, it, it's it's. Extremely I, difficult to pick one. It is, and I, I, I could, I could sit here and talk about Heartbreaker all day, and I guess because of that, I, I would have to choose that as my favorite song on this album too. Mm-hmm. But I can't, I can't take away anything from the rest of the album. Yeah, honestly, I could put "Never Gonna Take Your Lies," "Real Romance," uh, "Born in the Honky Tonk." It's getting harder. "Girl, You Blue," "Good Thing," "Quite Like You." I could easily swap those out it's just it's fantastic yeah. album very swappable uh i it, it this was one of those albums it's definitely gonna be stored in my memory and it's the one i'll come back to and yeah uh, there's a couple albums that we've talked about so far that uh i have them like i have them fully downloaded now just because oh, yeah, that's i have every one of their songs on my playlist yeah. it's just it's the i i am forcing myself to remember how good these guys were. I also uh, really love the uh, cover art for this album. Yeah, it's 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 neat. You gotta look at it yourself. It's, it's honestly really probably top ten for me. <laughs> I I love it so much. It's so corny and goofy, but it looks so good. But it, yeah, yeah, there's something about it. You'd have go go check it out, and then obviously, obviously, I'm gonna tell you to go listen to, their, to this album. Yeah, go go listen to it. Just listen to it once, twice, three times. It's yeah. amazing. I find that when I listen to my an album the second time over, I learn a lot more about what I think of the album then. 
and then even more so if I listen to it a third time over. Mm-hmm. And it's it it makes sense because that first listen through, I'm getting I'm getting accustomed to what what the sound is feeling like. Yeah, you feel the band's sound, you get a taste of the band, and then you because yeah, not every band's the same. Mm-hmm. So you need to I need to get accustomed to what they're doing, and then okay, I'm done with that. I I don't really have an opinion by then. And then if I do, it's pro- it's actually been, most of the case, a more negative one. Um, and then I listen to it again the second time through. And that's when this it really unlocks for me what each and every song, I, I think of each and every song, what I think each and every song means, and how I listen to each and every song. Because there's some bands where I will focus more on lyrics, and there's some bands where I'll focus more on what the... Of what the guitar is doing or what the, they're managing to do with synths and keyboards and things like that or mm-hmm. what the instruments are doing in general so getting getting to know a band i think or getting to know an album i guess more specifically i think it takes a couple listen throughs i agree i i am especially guilty of that i will i'll sit there and listen to an album and then immediately after i listen to it i'll listen to it again <laughs> i don't know why it's just i love doing it um yeah this this album is fantastic it's going we're gonna i'm gonna make i think we're gonna make lists of our once we get to episode 10 i think we're gonna make we'll have 30 by then this is going to my top five this is going to my top five i think Mm -hmm. i don't i guess i don't know what band as of right now it's top five for me yeah i don't i guess we're i don't know what we're doing in the future but so far this is this top five so far. This is a great album. Yeah, 100% amazing album. Listen to it. Um, but we will move on. That is Nantucket. Nantucket 1, I guess we'll call it. By Nantucket. Um, released in 1978. Yep. We're going to jump nineteen or nine years into the future. And to a band that had a lot more commercial success than Nantucket did after their debut album. This is another debut album. We talked about three debut albums today. Mm-hmm. This is another debut album. Yeah, debuted in 1987, so it's a lot later than most of the stuff we're talking about. Um, I'll give you a little bit of time because you this one this is a very very much more popular yes, band. Very popular. You, you might be able to guess this one. We are going over "Appetite for Destruction" by Guns N' Roses. Yep. Um, a lot a whole lot can be said about Guns N' Roses. Um, this was, of course, their debut album, as I mentioned, and holy crap, I couldn't, I, I couldn't stop myself from finding information about this album. There is so much out there, and about so many people, all of the positive reception that this album got is absolutely insane. It's, it is so insane to go through and read everything that everybody said about this thing there's so much there's an yeah. unbelievable amount there is articles upon articles upon articles upon articles of it, it never ends yeah it's I, this this section of my fucking script took the longest amount of time just because i was distracted myself by just reading going through every single thing that i saw it was the it's mind-boggling the success of these guys and on their fr- this is their debut album this is their first debut well i guess i should say debut studio album yeah, studio album because they had a they had a done was it just one before this 
They did one in like 1986 or 1985. Yeah, it's sort of I, I think it's sort of along the lines of how Def Leppard did their Def Leppard EP, as like a, kind of a step in the door. Oh, okay. And then they got this. Yeah. <laughs> then they got this. Um. Uh, we'll we'll go through the band members here real quick in case you don't know. We have Axel Rose, who is the lead vocalist, uh, who plays synth and percussion as well. You have Slash with the guitarist, uh, Izzy Stradlin, the guitarist, Def McKagan, a guitarist, and Steven Adler, a percussionist. Now, when I when I I, I know I knew some of these names going in. When I read what part of the band they participated in, I the first thing that caught my eye was, well, you got fucking three instruments. Mm-hmm. You don't have any. There's not variety here. So what I bet what I'm getting myself into is a band who is going to have to do something incredibly creative or incredibly like technical with different kinds of guitars and basically a drum line. Yep. And it's going to have to impress me in order for me to like this album. And um, I'm coming at coming up with the uh, take hotter than the sun as I've been told. I don't think this album's very good. And that, it took, and you told me that when we, when we got into this, and I, I know it's, it, I don't, re- I haven't really had a feeling of, this is, album is not good. Like, I haven't had that feeling yet since we started, or, and since I've started listening to albums, I haven't got that feeling yet, and I think there's a big difference between, I do not like this album, to, oh, it's just not my thing. Because there there are certain albums that you can listen to. There are certain albums I've listened to where I feel like I'm maybe I'm not the biggest fan of this album, but I can see why other people like it. Mm-hmm. I do not feel that way with this album. No, I um. I guess we should probably get into the track yeah, listing. Yeah, let's let's go through real quick. Fresh memory, you probably know about. 11 out of these 12 songs <laughs> but but just to refresh your memory we'll go through all the a side here we have welcome to the jungle it's so easy night train uh out to get me mr brownstone and paradise city yeah and then on b side it's my michelle think about you sweet child of mine you're crazy anything goes with a rocket queen um yeah this i think not only does this record sound the same all the way through. Oh. At yeah. least to me. Yeah. It sounds oh, yeah. very similar all the way through. Um, I think this is the beginning of that period of rock where people are focused on loud. Yes. More than. Yes. Um, That's what you get with this album. Which, I mean, this has been happening since the late 70s with... Um, metal but here i think it is brought to a more wider wide span which this would also also kind of line up with the period of grunge which does the same exact thing yeah and um i think that's why i personally don't like this album is i look at music as like i like when you're listening to an album and stuff changes up whether it's drastically or it's just like very minimal 
but it's it's hard for me to listen to an album all the way through that sounds the same. It's just it it gets boring and it doesn't mix anything up. And I think that's kind of why I didn't like this album very much. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I have a hard time remembering song names on like any album, any given album when I listen to it the first time. I have a hard time doing that. But when I have to listen to this album, we it's been, I want to say like eight days since we last recorded. And we basically came up with Guns N' Roses, I think. I don't think it was that day, but I think maybe it was the day, the day after. after. Um, so I basically, I had seven days to get familiarized with this track list. I, okay, I obviously knew some of them. Mm-hmm. But when it takes me, it took me five listen-throughs to even, to even have an idea of what song I was listening to. Yeah. And it's it, it was five listen-throughs I didn't want to keep doing. When, it, and I, I wouldn't have done it unless I was if I wasn't recording a podcast like I this I'm doing it just to try to remember what. So when I go back and no, oh night train okay I kind of can understand what that sounds like, but I there is you can pick out any two songs you can pick out any two songs from this album, and they are going to have. A very a very similar drum beat, a very similar uh, guitars, because mm-hmm. there's there is one prominent guitar. Well, I guess two. There's a you have an electric guitar and you have an, a prominent bass guitar. Yeah, you, those are your two very prominent guitars throughout the whole album. When that is the creative space you're working with, you're it's all gonna sound the same. And yeah, to me it. It almost becomes a chore to listen through it multiple times. Whereas other albums, I enjoy listening through because I seem to find new things every time I listen to them. It's when it sounds the same, and it's it just it does it turns into a chore to listen to it. And that's not to say it's just it's crazy to me that this is one of the most critically acclaimed albums of all time. If I'm gonna be honest, it's that's a, it's nuts to me because that, I don't know. It's such a it's not even the fact that it's a it, people consider it to be a good album. It's the fact that it's one of the best. People think it's one of the greatest rock albums of all time. Yeah, debut album, let alone rock album. Yeah. Um. It, yet something like uh, Boston's debut album doesn't get as much. It still gets recognition, doesn't get as much recognition. It's 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 hard to understand how. If I asked somebody, name me a guns, name me three Guns N' Roses songs. They're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume all three of their songs that they're gonna say are gonna come from this album. Whereas if I tell somebody, name three, I don't know. Kansas, Boston, some other popular band. Yeah, it's not gonna all come from the same album. No, um, it's it's. I don't understand what so many people enjoyed about it. Yeah, I don't. I it does. It's not getting through to me. And I've I've shared this take multiple times on the internet. Every time I get like the, <gasps> how dare you defile this 
holy grail of a debut album. It's like, I, I it's just not it's that good. great. It's just, I can't just blindly follow. I mean, we must be missing something. That's, we just, that's my opinion without sharing my opinion on the people in this band because I also do not like the people in this band. Um, when I listen to stuff, I try not to get involved in who the artists are because I know that will sour my opinion in um, what I'm listening to. Yeah. Um, even before I had known... Axl Rose storming off stage on multiple occasions. Um, I just, I didn't like the sound of this. And then I found that out and it just kind of, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of these guys at all. You have to present yourself, even if you're not like that in your private life, you have to present yourself in a certain way in the public. And you need to appreciate what you're making and what the people paid to see and yada yada there's lots of things i could say there but it's i don't understand it i don't think i ever will i like the only guns and roses song i can say i like is um november rain and that's because it has slash's guitar solo has that david gilmore a lot of emotion behind it feel but yeah, this, this album just does not hit anywhere near what I like, to it be completely honest. Yeah. And it, it baffles me again that this is considered one of the uh, Holy Grail debut albums. Yeah, I, I, that's, that, that is something that will never make sense to me. If I can, okay, can some people, some people come to me and call this a great album? Fine. You have your opinions. You like what you like. For people, for so many people, for me to not be able to stop reading about people saying how critically acclaimed it was, going through and just trying to find what fucking songs are in it, I just, it, that is the most baffling part to me. I will never understand that. Yeah, it's just funny to me because I also hear people say, oh, well, ACDC sounded the same. Uh, not really. I don't, yeah, that's not true. Because ACDC. I know for a fact there are tracks where they um, change it up. Like on Dirty Deeds, for example, they go from a song to like Rocker where it's just a constant go, go, go throughout the song to uh, uh, <laughs> I've Got Big Balls. Yeah. Where it's a yeah. slower, I, yeah, funnier it's a slow song. Beat. It's funny, yeah. And then um, they go to something like Ride On that's a bluesier Again, a slower song. It's just, this is, it's the same thing all the way through. I I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. I could, it, it, it's the, it's, it's the same feel. It's the same feel for every, when every song feels the exact same. And I hate to pin this on this album, which I'm not going to pin this on this album, but stuff like this, I think is what led to the pretty much death of rock and roll. Because when this, when, when stuff becomes popular like this, people try to emulate it. And this is the only thing people were trying to emulate. And that's how we kinda got grunge. That's how it that's how you get grunge and that's how that's how rock rock and roll dies. Grunge was in in my opinion, grunge is the death of rock and roll. It true rock and roll died right there because instead of focusing on it as 
you know, being creative or putting some effort or making it art, there was this, um, people want to hear it loud, so let's make this shit loud. Yeah. And that's just, that's what we get. There, there are certain, it felt like this wasn't even mixed. <laughs> like, they just played as loud as they could and sang as loud as they could and then left it. Yeah. It's such a weird feeling, and there are, you can be loud, but also be very creative, and, like, last week we talked about animal magnetism. Yeah. And there are, I can think of plenty of examples right off the top of my head where in that song, they do get a little bit loud. Lady Starlight. Lady Starlight. That's my favorite song in that album. The end of that song... That this kick-ass guitar solo starts to come in. Mm-hmm. They, it, it, yes, it's loud, but it's that feels epic. It yeah. is the only instrument being played. It is. It's not fast. It's very slow. So it it, it gives you time. To, it has feeling in it. I feel like slow songs generally have more feeling than faster songs, but it's slow, so it has feel to it. And then they bring in they bring in the extra guitars. They bring in, then that riff starts to kick in just at the very end. It's, mm-hmm. It starts playing a little bit faster, and then all the, all the instruments start to come together. Yeah, and they and they mixed it down. This just it's it's loud the whole time, the <laughs> whole time it's loud. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um yeah Slash I think is known for at least from what I've seen his solos kind of sound the same yeah. they're the same they look at me Wee! yeah like loud well and when you have two guitars and one of them needs to play a solo five times in 12 songs because that's all you have <laughs> is two guitars yeah they're gonna sound yeah the they're exact gonna... same every time yes they are <laughs> so I, I don't know what they were th- I, I don't know what they were thinking with this I, I, I can't I don't know if if you like this album it's no yeah, not trashing obviously, you. Obviously, everyone has their own taste, but yeah. I just some people like hard rock and metal. That's great. This is this is for you. Yeah, some people like that constant loud. Yeah, but this, in terms of uh, looking at it for creativity, no. And that's really yeah. That's that's just not it's not it. This and... purely feels to me like a uh, get rich quick scheme. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. I don't know. That's a good way to put it. Because I like the 70s so much because people, they wanted that. They wanted that get-rich-quick lifestyle. But they put thought behind what they did. Like, let... Well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not Led Zeppelin as much. But, um, like, yes. Or, like, Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd went through a tremendous amount of work. To get where they are today. Um, they constantly switch styles. They they were hailed as one of the most creative bands that came out of where they came from. I don't remember exactly where they came from. But um, yeah, they were hailed. And it took them... Oh gosh. I think their debut was... It took them like five years to finally get what they wanted down. And um, they put their back into it. Every step of the way. And 
Well, uh, while I don't want to discredit what these guys did, yeah, it doesn't feel this, it, doesn't it doesn't feel like they put in as much work. It doesn't feel like that creativity, that yeah, effort went into this. It was kind of just there. Yeah, and it's it's I, I agree with your your statement there. That just it just felt like a get rich quick scheme. Like it felt like they just this is just somebody doing this just to just for attention and. It's what you fucking... I can draw many examples of different artists and, like, from any content creators, even. You see that shit so much that when you're, like, scrolling through YouTube or scrolling through Instagram or just in music music artists in general as well. You just see people trying to do things, copy this person or trying to do it the same just so they can have attention. I just... I didn't feel anything from this album. I didn't feel like... I didn't feel like they even tried when I was listening through it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they did. Obviously, they tried. But it just it didn't feel like it. No, it just, just... So effortless, it felt... just felt effortless. Yeah. That's... Not the good effortless. Like, they actually... Like, they put in less effort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I hate that this is one of the things that just led to rock and roll's demise. It's yeah. such a sad. It's such a sad. It's just it's one of those about. examples where you can just yeah, wow, this is loud. This is what rock became, and then yeah, that's that was the real problem. I think is because they didn't. This should have been a different genre of mm-hmm. music completely. This what this should have been. This should not the 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 worst thing that could have happened to rock and roll was that this album did amazing. Because while. Well, that's while you would think that would be great for rock, it transformed rock into something it wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. And it had never been because this this is a more this is metal. This is hard hard metal. Hard rock metal. At the very whatever. least it's hard rock. Yeah. Um yeah. It, it that was the main problem because the the commercial su- success was the downfall of what was rock mm-hmm. that was the main problem and I, I it's disappointing obviously i would have loved if rock kept going and got more bands in the 80s and 90s and 2000s so we'd have even more bands to fucking talk about but yeah. that's just that that didn't happen and just the way it went unfortunately it's not gonna it's not ever gonna happen again either i don't think such a this is such a genre such a defining genre shift there's no way it ever happens again I don't think so. There's not going to be an artist. There's not going to be a pop artist that suddenly comes along, blows up, becomes one of the most critically acclaimed artists in the whole entire world, and changes the genre with one with their debut album. That's not going to happen. Yeah. It's just not. <laughs> it's crazy to think about, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I feel like it's also the way with stuff is how it is today i think we talked about this on the last one too it's just the way stuff is done nowadays is so different that i don't know people could literally sit here i could if i knew how to play other instruments i could sit here and record everything with my laptop and be like yeah i'm a i I don't know what the word is (laughs) i did this all myself it's like that's cool good for you but you 
don't know. Not as much effort is put into it, and I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to elaborate more than that. I, it, it's really this is an album. While I will remember it, I'm gonna remember it for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not something I'm gonna come back to. Uh, maybe I'll dabble more in Guns and Roses stuff in the future. It's not something I look forward to, though. It's not something I'm getting excited about. Yeah, and I, I think part of my problem when looking at this album is, is I'm more of a guy that I'm a big prog rock listener. So when I listen to something, I expect. I shouldn't say I expect, but I. I like to hear the artistic. Value you, behind it, and you I want like Nantucket. Yes, you want something like Nantucket, or, or it just sounds great overall, and you just you could really vibe with it. Um, it's smooth on the ears. It's while being a rock album, it's a very, um, very good. This just doesn't do it. Doesn't yeah, it doesn't hit that criteria. It's just like I was. Um, the other day, I uh, was recommended a Slipknot album from 2004. Um, best way I can describe it is fucking loud. <laughs> Who recommended that to you? Uh, one of my coworkers. Which I mean, I didn't mind the album. Um, it's they just didn't, they don't know you very well. No, it's. <laughs> I'd rather listen to something that's 17 minutes long and um, has very. Unique time shifts. Yeah. Just stuff about it that sounds great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but that that is that is Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses. Um, check it out. I still will say check it out. Yeah. If you've probably heard basically all these songs already. But go, I would still, I'm not going to sit here and fucking tell you, oh, now, don't check them out now because I don't like them. That's kind of a dickhead thing to do. I, I would still say, check it out. See if you like it. And see if you have different opinions on it. Because mm-hmm. um, I guarantee you someone out there is going to. Yeah. And maybe you don't know, maybe you don't have as much knowledge of the history of rock as Cole and I do. But you can still formulate opinions about just the album. We've been sitting here kind of talking about what the album meant for rock and roll. But you don't really have to take that into equation when listening to the album itself. No. It's just I'm just I'm generally a person that digs into stuff like that. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. I mean well, I mean not for some reason. I know exactly why. Yeah. But um I don't know. It's just I I do that. You don't have to do that. Yeah. Not something you have to do. Don't burn yourself with that. Um but that is our three albums for today. A couple of I would say one kind of one kind one's of hit or miss. Yeah, one's hit or miss. That's a good way to describe um, it. Um one had a very hot take yeah. from us, apparently. Yeah. Um, and one is criminally underrated. Yeah, it's so it's 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 hard to sit here and talk about how critically acclaimed Guns N' Roses was and this album specifically, knowing that Nantucket. Yeah, a band like Nantucket was pretty much shoved, shoved in the, under the under, under the, the, rug. the rug. Yeah, that is. That is that is the most frustrating. Truly part. sad. Truly yeah, that is sad. Actually sad. That actually makes me sad. Um, mm-hmm. That is that's three albums for today. We're at fifteen now. Um, that we've gone from 
it was night is that the earliest one we've done is the uh, 1968 one no we did a uh no, that might be it. Actually, I think it is because that's the it. closest one we did was uh, the Master's Apprentices Choice yeah, Cuts. Yeah, so that's that's the earliest one. I thought I, f- I forgot about that one. I was going to say the earliest we did was uh, Houses of the Holy, um, but no, that's definitely the the earliest one we've done. And then the latest one we've done is Stadium Arcadium, which was in like two thousand four. 2002, 2001. It was something like that, early we, 2000s. We're, I don't think we're ever going to get that late again. Um, but I would love, maybe next time, I don't know, should we wait till 30 to do our, to do a little list? That's a lot to... Uh, that is 30. I think we could do 15, and then when we do our next 15, we can just kind of... We can track our progress. Yeah. 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 So maybe next time... Well, we will have our 15. We probably won't. I don't think I can rank them like 1 through 15. I feel like that's... I think it'll just be a general... Um, because 1 through 15 could change from day to day. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. If you ask yeah. me what my favorite song is today, it'll probably be different from what it is tomorrow. Yeah, that is... it. That's crazy. That is crazy. Um, that's just how music works for yeah, me. It's... When you listen to new, when Cole and I, I don't know, I'm you. I'm sure you've heard a lot more out because I'm more new to this listening to albums thing than you are. I like just got into it when we started doing, like just before we started doing this. I listen to a new album every day, basically. Mm-hmm. So my my favorite song changes just about every time I listen to a new album, and maybe it's not because it's a song in that album, but it's maybe it's just I like what I heard in this album, so now I like what I hear in these other albums that I've listened to before. Yeah. Now this song is my favorite. It just changes all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a general, like, I like these the best, these are okay, and then I don't like these ones. Yeah, It's going to sound basically like that. Mm-hmm. And then maybe that will be... That might take a while, because we might just... We might, we might lump it in with uh, CRT6. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. They might have to be two different ones, though, because we'll probably... Our lists are going to look different, so we'll probably mm-hmm. have to talk about it. But, again, they're subject to change basically every day. If I made my list today, I could come, wake up two days from now, make another list, they're not going to look the same. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> they're not going to look the same. So, uh, but that's going to be it for today's episode of Classic Rock Talk. That was another fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh, more controversial one that's probably why it was so fun um, yeah uh, it's fun to talk about all of them though um avenue road by kensington market and go check out aardvark too might as well might as well i mean and then uh uh nantucket nantucket one i guess we'll call it by nantucket mm-hmm. and then appetite for destruction by guns and roses again listen to them all go have fun with it uh, but we hope you guys enjoyed we enjoyed it a lot um, glad to do this once a week. Mm-hmm. Highlight of everybody's week. That's Always the, glad to do it. That's the slogan. That's our tagline. Highlight, yeah. highlight of our week. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But that's gonna be it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed, and we will see you guys next week for another episode of Classic Rock Talk. Bye bye.